And we're back with another edition of The Post Game here on WERW. My name is A.J. Gersh, alongside my co-hosts, Charlie Disturco and Ryan Tab. This week, we got a lot to talk about in the sports world. Uh, but first and foremost, we're headed into the NBA playoffs. Exciting season, exciting part of the season, boys. Oh, yeah. We're getting down the stretch. We're watching these teams battle it out, especially in the West, now that the East is all locked up. I can't wait to see the rest. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting going into the postseason. These next couple of days of basketball, narrowing down the playoff race, really seeing who's going to get those last seeds. And then as the playoff races continue and we see the series progress in each conference, there's a lot to watch for. So I really want to get into it this week. Yeah, there, there is actually a lot of storylines that we're kind of following heading into the playoffs. Uh, so we're just going to run down them all, give our opinions, and, and go from there. So first and foremost... Do you guys think it's time to start looking at the Sixers as an actual legitimate threat out of the East? Right. I mean, we've heard of talking heads on, on different networks kind of insinuate that the Sixers have a legitimate chance to make a run this postseason. Um, but when people say those things, and there's, there's certain people who say them, like Charles Barkley, for example, right, or Stephen A. Smith might say something, and, and you hear them say and you've got to think about it at the very least, but it doesn't seem super real at first when they start bringing those things up. And now... You know, the Sixers did blow that giant lead against the Cavs uh, last week. But up until that point that LeBron decided he was going to take over the game, the Sixers were running away with it, and they looked really good. I've been really, really impressed with Ben Simmons this season. I did not think he was ever going to be this good of a player. Uh, I was really low on him going into the draft. Um, you were low on Ben Simmons? I was Simmons. low on Ben Simmons. I mean, relatively low. I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, the rest of the world would have to disagree with right. that. Right. Well, so that's what I'm saying. And now seeing him obviously prove me horribly wrong. Right. I have been really impressed with his progression, and his scoring ability has really taken off this season. Um, whereas from day one, he could he could spread the ball and facilitate. His handles have progressed, and then his scoring ability has is, is taken off as well. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I think it's finally time to take the Sixers as a legitimate threat. I mean, it's always hard because the Cleveland Cavaliers, every, every year I always think they're going to win the East, and I don't think it's any shock that I think they're going to win the East again. But I do think the Sixers can give them a run for their money. I mean, we saw, I mean, we saw, like, obviously they blew the lead, but they were up. A lot at that one point, and up by thirty at one point. Yeah, they were up by they were up by a lot. They they had the game in hand. I mean, you, you get Joel Embiid back, and and all of a sudden this team is even better. Right, and not to mention. Yeah, I didn't even say they did that without Embiid. Yeah, and so and I mean, you, so you get Joel Embiid back, and then all of a sudden you have this big threat down low that you know the, the Cavaliers can't really match uh, as well. And I mean, if you just look at it, especially if they get the three seed, I mean, they're going to be home for the majority of the series against the Cavs have they have they play each other in the Eastern Conference Finals, which, you know, could be the deciding factor, especially in the long run. I mean, so we're talking a lot about how the Sixers are poised to make this sort of deep run into the playoffs. They have the talent. Uh, they're getting hot at the right time. But we're still sleeping on the number one team in the Eastern Conference, and that's the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I agree. Four, four games ahead of the rest of the pack, and we're still talking about other teams like the Toronto Raptors are non-existent. And, and, and their point differential is 7.9, so they're outscoring and playing good defense. They're, like by, they're second in the NBA behind only the Houston Rockets, and we all know that they're just an offensively astounding team. And they're better than the Warriors. They're better than the Sixers. They're better than the Cavs, who are actually only have a point nine differential as far as points allowed. When you say they're better than the Warriors, you mean statistics? In, in terms of statistic, right. point differential. Yeah. Right. As far as in this setting, the Raptors are scoring a lot more. They're playing a lot better defense. And this is something that we never saw from this Raptors team. It's always the, you know, the regular season Raptors. They were great in the regular season, but when the playoffs come, they break down. Oh. And I just this this is a different 
team than last year. I mean, they're 34 and seven at home. They're going to be home the entire Eastern Conference playoffs. They're going to have that advantage game seven. I mean, it's 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 a totally different team. Yeah, I think really that people um, underestimate how how good of a fan base the Raptors have. And when you have home home court advantage for the entirety of, of, of every playoff series you're going to be playing, that's huge. To have Game 7 at home, especially for a team like Raptor, like the Raptors, is huge. You know, different teams, Game 7 is, is definitely a benefit for everyone. But a team like the Raptors have such a huge advantage playing at home. And then on top of that, yeah, DeMar DeRozan this season has really learned uh, how to shoot the three ball efficiently. So his, his mid-range game obviously is still one of the best in the NBA, but he doesn't rely on it as heavily. And that's huge for them because um, as we see the NBA changing before our very eyes, it's, it's turning into a lot more uh, three-heavy shooting league, and it's a more efficient shot. And so the ability to be able to do that when you need to and to do it well is really important. And like you said, they're playing great defense again. And I, I think that we are sleeping on them because we're so used to just seeing them succeed in the regular season. This is, this is, nothing, you know, this is nothing exciting as far as what they usually do, but this team has a legitimate shot at being a threat in the playoffs, right, where well, they usually collapse. Well, I think also another thing that is a testament to why this Raptors team is actually way different than Raptors teams of the past is that they actually have depth this year. Going deep into their bench, Jacob Podol, Siakam, Van Vliet, they have performed uh, way better than anticipated throughout the season. And having that depth going into the playoffs uh, is just very is crucial, especially when you have home field advantage. You're going to want to get your guys in and out of there. Uh, having guys like Podol and Van Vliet is huge for the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, it always goes down to depth, and especially against a LeBron James or a team like the 76ers where, you know, <clears throat> most of the talent's up front. If you can compete with them, come the bench. And you mentioned, obviously, they have, you know, C.J. Miles, too. They have... Delon Wright. Yep. Mm. We're not even talking about Norman Powell. Like my right, guy, right. Norman Powell, like, at a UCLA four-year guy. Sorry, love for Norman Powell. <clears throat> no, just had I mean, to say. yeah, no, I mean, this team just has a bunch of threats that could take over a game at any point. I mean, CJ Miles just shot twenty-two the other night against the Magic. I yep. mean, they, they they don't need just Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry like they've always had to rely on to make a run in the playoffs. Right. Those guys. I mean, when you look at their their playoff collapses in recent history, those guys have at, have at least on on the same night both played poorly, shot the ball poorly, and and not showed up. And that's one of the biggest knocks on them. But if that game, whatever it comes, because it it usually comes and it probably will come again. If that game comes. Their their depth might be the difference in them still being able to win a game like that and get back to the next game where they're able to have their stars show up again. Um, I, I think Charlie, what you mentioned going back to the Sixers a little bit is that they might have uh, a physical matchup advantage against a team like the Cavs uh, with their size. So the Raptors, we know they're a really good basketball team, and we're saying that they have a chance to make a run this postseason. But do you see them actually being able to match up with the Cavs if it comes down to that? I mean, I think the Raptor, the Raptors can. Yeah, I mean, I, they totally can. I think. I mean, I think you think about it. Demar Derozan is incredibly athletic. He can. I, I mean, obviously, you can't ever shut down LeBron James, but he can do his part. The down low, they have a Baca and Valanciunas. That's something that the Cavs. The Cavs don't really. They have Kevin Love, who sits around the three point line, sometimes gets in the paint, but he's not as physical as a Baca or Valanciunas. And, and like we've seen before, late like, rebounding is crucial, huge in the playoffs. And I mean, I think as far as a physical aspect I think the Raptors can I mean it's just a matter of if they you know if you, you the Cavaliers as far as LeBron James shutting down DeMar DeRozan we just need their depth that needs to come up and and fix things which the, it hasn't in the past right well, well and playoff LeBron is very real exactly oh, yeah. well in reality 
if you go position by position, the Raptors outmatch the Cavaliers in four out of five positions. From height? Not, not in, like in, ter- in terms of it's theoretic skill-based matchups. Um, you would give the edge. Right? I would give Kyle, the edge to the Raptors, in my opinion. Kyle Lowry in, over, was it Jordan Clarkson? Clarkson, yeah. And then right. DeRozan over... Um, J.R.? Yeah, J.R. Smith. I, I, LeBron over DeRozan. Exactly. Or not LeBron over C.J. Miles. Right. And then what? The, I, I mean, I, I'd rather give Valanchunas Kevin... Valanchunas over Kevin Love, uh, I Kevin, think. Is Kevin a, Love No, plays I'd take Kevin Love yeah. there. Or, okay, or so re- regardless, I would give the edge, uh, theoretically, based off of skill... To the Raptors at three, at or, three four or four positions. So it's tough, though, in the playoffs to discount the level of intensity LeBron can bring as, as one singular player. And I know that no one's going to argue the fact that he is a complete game changer, regardless of the rest of the matchups. We saw it uh, in in the series against Oklahoma City when he was in Miami. Obviously, like that was uh, pretty, um, I, I wouldn't say one-sided in terms of Skill-based, but but the they, series that, ended up that, being one side. Exactly. Well, exactly. and I think I think the best example of what LeBron can do in the playoffs is is and then how how you can potentially beat that is when when they matched up with the Warriors for the first time, right? Uh, and and the game plan was essentially we're going to let LeBron go crazy and do whatever he wants, and we're going to let him score every basket if he wants, but nobody else is going to do any damage whatsoever. And I I think that the Cavs have kind of employed that sort of mentality throughout this whole season. Um, which is a testament to how crazy LeBron's numbers have been uh, in the past couple of months. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's averaging over 30 points uh, and, and close to a triple-double in these last couple of months. And I think that is the Cavaliers organization kind of gearing him up, getting ready for the playoff, uh, the heavy load that he's going to have to have the burden of on his shoulders throughout the playoffs because they know that if they're going to be able to make it through the East and eventually, hopefully, uh, in their sake, make it you know past and, and win the NBA Finals, it's going to fall on LeBron's shoulders as it does every year. It will. And the thing is, LeBron, like I mentioned, playoff LeBron comes alive every single year, and the biggest difference maker, uh, in my eyes, is, is his defensive intensity, which which steps up. Um, to a new level that we don't get to see during the regular season. And he does it every single year consistently. The question is whether or not that's going to translate and the rest of the team steps up. Is his entire unit going to play great defense? Because if they don't, the same way that the Warriors beat them, LeBron's going to have his way and no one else is going to. Yeah, it's going mean, to be it, it all comes down to that. Right, exactly. so it, do you guys think that there's any cause for concern for the Cavs no. going forward? I do. I think the defense is, is a legitimate cause for concern. I think that if... If Jordan Clarkson isn't able to play an elite level of defense throughout the entire NBA playoffs, if the rest of those guys, if Kevin Love isn't able to defend at an elite level like he, he really has rarely done in his career, minus you know one possession against Steph Curry in the NBA Finals, I don't think that LeBron is, he, against the teams he's going to be playing, against the talent that he's going to be going up against, I don't know that he can win an NBA Finals. or I, And I think there's a legitimate chance he doesn't make it out of the East. I, I do. I, oh. I, mean, I, we're talking, I disagree. We just 100%. we just spent we just spent you know 15 minutes gushing over the 76ers, gushing over the Raptors. And oh, I mean they're both good teams, right? But I they, just the LeBron playoff. LeBron is a different breed, and I think especially when LeBron's playing at the best of his abilities, it's just so much easier because they're all going to focus on LeBron, and then Kevin Love's going to get his open threes, and J.R. Smith's going to make his open threes, and it's just going to all come together. And even if you don't play defense, then like the Cavs have not been playing good defense at all this year. 
They're still winning most of the games. They're still a four seed, one game out from the three seed. I think the Cavs are going to make it out of the East. I'm just saying I think there's also a legitimate chance that they don't. Well, like a- 10% and, chance. And higher than that, but I'm just, I'm just saying that the way people look at LeBron out of the East as fact, right? It, because he's done it for so long. for Seven straight seasons. It's, it's gonna, it, it could potentially be a decade straight of LeBron in the NBA Finals. Um, Which is astounding. Right, but, but, the, but the, the idea um, is that, that that becomes fact. And there will be a time, whether it's when he retires or this year, when, when his team doesn't make the Finals. It's going to happen. So it's not a fact that every single year LeBron will be in the NBA Finals. And to me, it, it, this could, not will, but could be one of those years because the talent in the East is is for real. Okay, yeah. So let's let's take a look at that talent go- coming out of the East. I know that the West generally has the reputation of pushing out stronger teams because it's technically a more competitive league. More teams are, uh, you know, in the positive side of the win loss ratio. But coming out of the East this year is my hometown team, my favorite team at the eight seed currently. Could be a six or a seven. Uh, we'll see how that shakes up. But the Washington Wizards, yeah. coming back, John Wall coming back from injury late in the season, getting ready for a playoff push, could potentially match up with the Raptors, who have obviously not had the best track record in the playoffs, or the Boston Celtics, who are clearly injury-ridden and looking like, a you know something could potentially go wrong with them in the playoffs. If the Wizards match up with the Celtics, the Wizards win that series. Oh, no you question. Think, right, mind. right. I I think that that is definitely feasible, especially with John Wall coming back and playing at a level that he is. Well, at, they, at they this dropped point. four straight. Right. Well, they've dropped four straight, which uh, I, I guess is a testament to maybe John Wall kind of not being ready to integrate back into the system yet, or whatever it is. But I believe that the Wizards have the right tools to make a push for an eight. Yeah, seed I mean they're not they're not too di- well. They're, they yeah they they've locked up the eight. It's just a matter of if they can get the seven or the six. And right, and they would obviously prefer to have the seven, the seven to match up with the, the Celtics because yes. the Celtics for all season have been one of the best teams in the NBA, and then all of a sudden the injury bug hit them. One of the worst injury bugs we've seen in a long time in the NBA. Yeah, and everyone is dropping like flies. So now Kyrie's out for the entirety of the season and the postseason. Um, that's that's huge, and I really I love Brad Stevens. I think he is one of the top two coaches in the NBA. But coaching can only get you so far when the other team is just simply more talented with the roster they're going to be able to put on the floor. And I think that for the Wizards to have done what they did this season without an All NBA player who was considered their best player up until people started stepping up to fill that void, and then they get him back in John Wall, they're a legitimate threat. And at the eight seed. You don't see that a lot in the NBA. Right. You're talking about how players stepped up to fill that void. And and now we got to see this season how actually talented Bradley Beal can be. How how ridiculous he is from the three as a slashing two guard. uh, As well as the role-playing ability of Markeith Morris. Marcin Gortat even looked good for points throughout this season. I mean, they have the tools to to at least make it out of that first round if they're matched up with the Celtics. Uh, but we were talking a little bit about Brad Stevens, uh, about the coaches in the NBA. Who do you guys think? Now, you know, Brad Stevens obviously had a very, very successful year for the Celtics, but do you think it will go to Dwayne Casey uh, for Coach of the Year, or do you think uh, that this is going to be more of a discussion? Yeah, I think it's got to go to Dwayne Casey at this point. Brad Stevens, had he had a healthy roster, probably could have gotten the award. But at a certain point, you have to realize that that the team isn't producing. And while it might not fall on the shoulders of Brad Stevens, 
You can't give a guy an award if his team's not. Brett losing. Brown. I'm going with the Sixers. I mean, well, you, you can make that case as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you you turn a team that that was the second worst in the East and now they're the third best in the East. I mean, that just turnaround is unbelievable. And just seeing Ben Simmons, like you said, you weren't high on him. Now he looks like a player that can stay and thrive in the league for years to come. Totally. Joel Embiid's finally healthy, and you see really how much a threat the Sixers were. And obviously we touched upon this again, so there's no need to keep doing it. But this Sixers team is as legit as it gets. And last year they were an easy win, and now you know they could come out of the East. They really could. All right, so we're talking about who could come out of the East a lot. But now let's head over to the Western Conference. The Houston Rockets, six and a half games ahead of the super team Golden State Warriors. Are they going to be actually able to take out the team that's been to the NBA Finals for the past three years? Yeah, I mean, so the way, the way I look at it, and I threw this, I threw this question in, into, the, um, into the rundown because, to me, there's this like, growing feeling. Everyone wants the Rockets to dethrone the Warriors because every, everyone, unless you're a Warriors fan, you hate the Warriors. People want the Rockets to dethrone the Warriors, and the Rockets are a really good basketball team and have a chance to do it. But then at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, are they actually going to do it? Do you see them entering the series and winning? Not do you want them to, not can you think of a scenario where it happens, but do you really envision that being the outcome that we get in this year's NBA playoffs? And I'm really on the fence. I don't know what we're going to see with that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very much uh, on the Warriors train still. I just, I mean, the injury bug hit them, and I think that's why it's six and a half games and, I mean, Steph Curry's going to be back, and you presume he's going to be healthy come the Western Conference Finals and be as good as he always is. And Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and whatever you throw at them, I mean, this team is, is a super team, like you said. And, I, and, and, and Rockets, yeah, they score a lot of points, and James Harden is the MVP of this year. But when you look at this Warriors team, as we always do every single year, I just, I can't, maybe it's just, you know, like, like you said, the past, just the Warriors and the Cavs always come out of the East and the West, and... I feel like there's been nothing that can really change that. I mean, maybe the home court advantage, you know, the Rockets are 30 and 9 there, but like the Warriors, th this team, like, if they catch fire, there's no one that can beat them at all. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking a lot so far about skill based matchups. Right. And I think it's just, there's no argument as to the Warriors in terms of matching up position by position, They're have better. a clear advantage oh, clear. against any team in the NBA. Yeah. 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 I mean there's no question about it. They so they all play good defense. That's they a, right, shoot. exactly. They're they they play great basketball, right? It's yeah. not just the skill matchup where you're looking at the Cavs and you say, Okay, well LeBron is that X factor. I mean, this is a great basketball team with great players. Right. Well the thing about the thing about Houston though is that they're they're likable. They and, are. And James Harden is a character. He is. So, and Chris Paul is in State Farm commercials. So people like the players on the Rockets, which is why that people, people want to see them dethrone the Warriors and come out of the West. Right. I think it's that growing idea that, oh, we want it to happen, and it's not that crazy to say it could happen, so it's going to happen. But I don't know that that's actually what plays out. I, I still think that the Warriors, come playoff time, are just going to flip that switch, and this series might be a six-gamer in favor of the Warriors. You know, I mean, I really, I can't see it being the most likely outcome. I can't say that. I can't justify that in my mind. Right. So, so let's swip the, uh, switch the flip a minute here and go towards another huge event that happened this weekend. It was Masters weekend, baby. Mm -hmm. Augusta, Patrick Reed coming out on top 
the big boy himself, <laughs> had one of the best rounds, uh, uh, four, four rounds of golf I've seen in a while. Finished 15 under. Uh, Ricky Fowler, another big name, finishing second, 14. And then my boy, the Under Armour boy, Jordan Spieth, came in third. He was minus 13. He shot a 64 on Sunday. I thought I, I thought that was going to be enough yeah. uh, to to take the green jacket. I bet he did too. Yeah. No, he had an. He, that 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 Sunday was just an unreal. He was making everything. It was just an unreal performance from him. But I mean, he just didn't do enough beforehand to get him that pull away from Reed. And and here here's something that I feel like people don't really comprehend uh, or understand about golf is the purse and how much money these players actually take home. For winning the Masters or, t- or, not or, even or placing in the know, Masters. I don't even know how much you, they make. Okay, so let me give you the lowdown. Patrick Reed, who 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 won, even though he shot a 71 in round four, is taking home $1.98 million. Wow. $1.98 million. And then he also has 600 FedEx points uh, added to added to his tally. So he's looking good um, in, that, in that light. And then Ricky Fowler, who came in second... Is missing out on roughly eight hundred thousand. He's taken one point one eight eight home. Still over a million. Still for over a million, and you didn't even win. And then number three, Jordan Spieth is taking home just about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Enough for a so, year. So yeah, <laughs> or two, or yeah, three, or, or three, or four, or, four, <laughs> and or not the seven. Only tournament he's going to play. Or seven. In, you know? Exactly. It's not like so, that's his yearly. So early. so people people look at the Masters and and only talk about the winners, uh, but in reality. All of these guys are winners. They're all making a ton of money. Even even if you miss the cut, you still make ten thousand dollars. Just if for playing. Ma- just for playing, <laughs> you get ten thousand dollars direct deposit into the bank account. But um, we're gonna head to the break here on WERW. Coming up a little bit, we're gonna talk a little bit more about something that has to relate to the Masters, has to relate to Patrick Reed. You're gonna have to tune in just in a few back on WERW and the post game. I want to know who motherfucking representing it here tonight. Hold on, hold on. Louisiana shit. Murder on the beat. Something for y'all to cut up to, you know? Yeah. Everybody get your motherfucking roll on. I know Shorty and she doesn't want no slow song. Had a man last year, life goes on. Haven't let the thing lose, girl, it's so long. You been inside, know you like to lay low. I've been people what you bring to the table. Working hard, girl, everything paid for. First, last phone, bill, car, no cable. With your phone out, gotta hit them angles. With your phone out, snapping like you fable. And you're showing off, but it's alright. And you're showing off, but it's alright. It's a short life. That's a real one in your reflection. Without a follow, without a mention. You really piping up on these niggas. You gotta be nice for what to these niggas. I understand. You got a hundred bands. You got a baby band. Some bad friends, high school pics, you was even bad then. You ain't stressing off no lover in the past tense. You already had them. Work at 8 a.m., finish round five. Post talk down, you don't see them outside. Yeah, they don't really. 
time for the last month. Saturday, call the girls, get them gassed up. Gotta hit the club, gotta make the ass jump. Gotta hit the club like you hit the motherfucking angles. With your phone out, snapping like you Fable. And you're showing off, but it's alright. And you're showing off, but it's alright. It's a short life. And we're back here on WERW. This is the post game. I'm AJ Gersh. Charlie DeSterko and Ryan Tab on hand as well here in the basement of Shine Student Center, Syracuse University, Jabberwocky Cafe. Just giving out a little shout out for the location. But we were talking a little bit before about Patrick Reed and the Masters and he's his. He's a thick boy. He, yeah, he, he. I was just about to say, he, he's not the. Uh, the, the thinnest of, of the members of the PGA Tour. Um, so in honor of Patrick Reed and, and an homage to him uh, and, and his thickness, I wanted to just do a little uh, top five thick rankings for, for sports in general. Um, you know, because there's some of the best athletes and people involved in the sports world uh, may not look necessarily like an athlete, but they perform like one. So I wanted to get your guys' opinions on who is the best of the best of the thick. And, and just so you know, this is thick, not T-H-I-C-K, yeah, this but is T-H-I-C-C. T-H-I-C-C. This With is, maybe even an extra C in, maybe in like some of these five cases. Cs. Yeah. Mean, we're looking at, I mean, so for those, and again, thick, for those of you who don't know, is, is like, it's kind of an internet meme. You got to teach the parents. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I know my dad's <laughs> listening, and he's he's going to ask himself, what is thick? Yeah, yeah, so, so thick. thick with two Cs is kind of a meme, but it, it, it's... It's Quick shout out to Ryan's dad, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Tab. Shout out John Tab. Um, no, it's it's someone who's big, but in kind of a comedic way. You know, I don't right. know how else to put that. Um, so it, it's used comedically, at least. It's like yeah, voluptuous. Yes, <laughs> very right. accurate. That, you know the sexy. great word. You know the, voluptuous. You know the the photo of the minion like walking into the bathhouse from like whatever like oh, minion yeah. movie it is. That's like if you if you don't know, look it up. That's. That yeah. is essentially thick. Yeah. Then, uh, another example would be, you, you know that picture of, of the president of the United States playing tennis uh, yes. in, in those short, short, white booty shorts? That's thick. Right. That's thick, like, at, at its exemplary finest. Right. Yes. T-H-I-C-K is a girl you see at the club, but T-H-I-C-C <laughs> is Donald Trump or a minion. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and, I, and I think just uh, as, as, a, as an example, because we all have this one guy on our rankings— uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis, the, th- the thickest is of the, the king of the thick. Yeah, he right. he really is the king of the thick. Yeah, uh, he's also the king of getting arrested. Apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you hear about that? No. So so apparently, um, Big Baby Davis was found, I guess, in possession of copious amount of marijuana. Yeah, uh, along lot. with a ridiculous amount of cash. 
literally sitting right next to thus copious the uh, the copious amounts of marijuana so so i guess the police raided his home or something like that and then the day after he posted a video on instagram of him eating eating some like i, I think it was like wings or something in his private jet with yeah. with, oh, the cash, with the cash with the cash in the briefcase, that, in the in the briefcase. briefcase with i think it was something like a hundred thousand dollars in cash and he was like you think you're you think they can arrest me no shot i'm here in my private jet i don't give a you know what about anyone <laughs> big yeah. baby uh, no, I did. I did see the yeah. Instagram. That's yeah. a thick boy. Movie. That's a thick boy at its yeah. finest. So let's uh, let's rank them. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's let's dive right into the rankings, Ryan. Why don't you start it off since you're so passionate? All right, about this. my uh, am I really so passionate? I just I mean, <laughs> no, you're, I, pa I wanna, you're passionate. We're, we're all passionate. I want to go on honest. the record as this being AJ's idea. So just when we <laughs> yeah, talk this about is, this is AJ's <laughs> idea. I got a text message walking over here. And he's just like, let's do a thick ranking. And I'm like, well, no, oh, no. He said, let's do a new segment. I said, you got any ideas? Thick rankings and the rest is history. Well, I want to, I, I, I wanted to switch things up because I mean, we, we have, we like to have fun here in the post game, but like, not always do we get to, to show our uh, comedic side or, or real personality because a lot of times we get caught up in talking about sports uh, and stuff that we actually really are passionate about and would like to yell at each other about. Is, isn't so, it wild we get caught up talking about sports on a sports show? Yeah, that is, is that, that is wild. wild. That is wild. You know what? But uh, let's let's just dive right into these <laughs> thick rankings, why don't we? All right. So in, in no particular order, um, I, I've got my top five thick boys. Uh, that's B O I, not B O Y. Yeah, boys. Um, Jared Sullinger, obviously one of the thickest to huge. ever play the game. Yeah, that's a huge. Um, I really like. They really needed to make a new size of NBA shorts for him. Just Sullinger yeah. size. Uh, Bartolo Colon, <laughs> Bartolo Colon popping Big out of his sexy. belt when he when he swings for the fences. I mean, really, we're talking about another level. Of, of thick um, Glenn Big Baby Davis like we just talked about he embodies the word um, one of my favorite Big Baby plays of all time fast break dunk against the Lakers uh, goes up and just with two hands puts it off the front of the rim gets maybe an inch or two off the ground doesn't yep. even get close to getting it over the rim uh, it's just such a Big Baby play um, Boris Diaw, a little bit of yeah. a sneaky Boris thick Diaw. boy in there. That is um, sneaky. He can play any position. <laughs> Charlie really wanted us to play this song. Yeah. I guess why didn't we play it during the about break? Boris well, Diaw? Drake Drake came out with a new song, and I couldn't not play that. I, but like, I no. do want to say I, I have a song I want us to play out play out with today because uh, no, I like I like it. Boris Diaw. I like it by <laughs> Cardi B off her new album. Oh Absolutely yeah, that slaps. Is, yo, shout no. out to um, Cardi B with her her new album. It kind of was a banger. And then I didn't listen to it yet. It's good. It's good. You should listen to the Phoenix Sun Sports. Band of Arizona uh, <laughs> and Ellison Boris Diaz. All right, and then, Boris Diaz. And then, right, and then Jamarcus Russell. Oh, oh that's an easy While pick. he may be one of the that's biggest busts in NFL history, he's also one of the biggest, the biggest butts, butts in NFL history. I knew history. where you were going with that. That was great. That was a nice little analogy. That was a good <laughs> I like one. that. Uh, and Jamarcus Russell, you know, he, he was uh, he was a thick boy. I, I mean, that's you, I, I'm pretty much saying the same thing about all these guys because we're not talking about their athletic prowess. We're talking about how how thick they are. Um, honorary mention, though, before we go over to Charlie, Gershon the Dancing Bear Yabusele, Celtics player, hardly player, Celtics bench warmer, uh, great guy, German. First round pick. And, right? and, first round and pick. his name kind of sounds like my last name, Gershon. Gershon. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. So uh, that's my honorary mention. Charlie, who have you got for your thick boys? All right, well, I got Big Sexy coming in at number one. We all know Bartolo Colon oh, as yeah, a Mets fan. That man just... That man somehow pitched late into his career, and he's as as thick as you can get. Yep. Uh, and then I'm gonna take a different angle on this one. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is Ooh. he's he's not he's not a he's, big boy, no, but he's, he's a, a thick, thick boy. boy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, right. Like I I was uh, I was actually in New York City. <laughs> uh, I was at, when I went to the Mets game like uh, a week ago, and and as I was 
in the CVS pharmacy, there's just like Giancarlo Stanton on the magazine, and it's him like just baseball pants on, no shirt. And I'm like, oh wow, he is kind of thick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like you like that no shirt baseball <laughs> pants picture, Charlie? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I actually got pissed because I was like, why is Cindergard not on there or David yeah. Ryder or Matt? But coming in at number three, I got Mike Tolbert, the yeah. little man, the big fullback running back. That man is so boy. cute and small and just big. Yeah. And thick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and the muscle hamster, number four, Doug Martin. I mean, if what that man say? isn't thick, he's, he's called the muscle hamster. He's small. Yeah. Yep. He's big. And he's a hamster. Yeah. He, he, he's an, he's an <laughs> yeah. animal. And uh, and number five, Big Baby Davis. I mean, That's we talked about pick. it. Yeah. That's an easy pick. How about you? Yeah. Well, so so – I'm going to go from from the bottom up here, uh, and I'll start out with the same person that you just ended your list with. I think it's so hard to have a thick ranking and not include Big Baby Davis yeah. in it. So, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. Big Baby Davis, number five for me. Number four is Vince Wilfork. This man not only is thick, but he owns it. Like he posts videos <laughs> up on his social media of him like. Dry roasting, uh, like like ribs. Yeah, and, no, he's a and big boy. He's a yeah. Not only is he a big boy, but he, he, he loves it. He loves it. Have he loves the, it. Have you seen the uh, the was it the, the it's the NFL the NFL show before the summer? What's it called about the training camp? Oh, hard knocks. Hard knocks. Okay, yeah. hard in the overalls. And, the, yeah, with him in the overalls. <laughs> of course, he looked like a big thick yep, boy right yeah, there. Yeah. So so Vince Wilfork number four, and then number three, I'm I'm, I'm throwing it back a little bit uh, with. Our Weight Watchers representative Charles the Barkley. The round mound of rebound. The round oh, mound of rebound. How did we miss that? How did Charlie I, yeah. and I both how miss that? How both of you guys missed the guy who literally is nicknamed for being thick, Charles Barkley, the round mound of rebound. Yeah. That dude literally tried to lose his th- thickness through Weight Watchers, but obviously did not work not out. I mean, for him. clearly, or clearly, sh- you've given Shaq Diesel too. Yeah, but yeah, clearly, we... clearly, AJ's given much more thought to yeah, this. Than we yeah, have. yeah, yeah, yeah. You had this clearly. like all planned out before this, we came in. Yeah, this, this honestly has been th- these ideas have been formulating through my head for a while, <laughs> honestly. But, but I'm gonna go a little bit off track here, and not in the athletic world, but more of the sports journalism <laughs> world, which is where all of us I forgot how uh, are, are are hopeful and. and aspire to be in and that is NBA writer and New York Times best-selling author Brian Windhorst who he's a thick boy he's a big boy that, that Brian Windhorst I don't know if you uh, would know him by name but if you've watched SportsCenter this is the guy who comes on to give his NBA analysis and he's a great he, analyst. And, and I'm not I'm yeah this this if anything this isn't ragging him this is only adding to his already popular uh um, I guess self uh, image, but but Brian Windhorse is is probably the thickest capital J journalist in the game. He, yeah, absolutely. And I think so. He was doing a segment on on NBA Countdown or ESPN. It was something. He was, he was Sports Center. I don't know what it was. And he was talking about Kevin Durant's recent ejections, and he brought up Draymond Green and his technicals. And Draymond Green tweeted back at him, "Don't bring my name up. No neck. I'm not the topic of your conversation today." Um, so definitely. Not alone in thinking that Brian Windhorst is a thick boy, um, although we're doing it a little bit better heart uh, than, than Draymond did when he called him out. Yeah, no well, yeah, that that, harsh. that was a roast. It, that, was, that, it was a roast. That roast. It was kind of a low blow. It was. Yeah. But but rounding out my top five, former Oriole people forget, uh, and 2018 Hall of Fame inductee for the Major League Baseball, Jim Tomey. Now I don't know if you guys He's a thick boy. Are familiar with his physique, dude. Him on the Phillies, he was big. 
Right. right. You know, in the latter stages of his career, uh, when Jim Tomey was, I guess, on the Phillies, on the Orioles, went back to the Indians, he was probably pushing 275. Yeah, he's like, a big boy. He, he was pushing 275 and using that weight to lift the balls out of the ballpark and, and be one of the top 15 home run kings in, in MLB history. Yeah. So Jim Tomey rounding out my top five. Uh, I'm sorry for those of you who had to listen to that, but that was that was a nice, fun little segment. I, I liked it. I, I had fun. Uh, but now let's move on to uh, another sport that is now running rampant, and that's Major League Baseball. We're into the heart of the season, just getting into it. What have you guys been seeing this first couple weeks? Well, hold on. Before we start with this baseball thing real quick. We didn't get the, the Sister Jean bobblehead, but if we could get a Big Baby Davis bobblehead wow, for the thick rankings. Yeah. Honestly, just send us any, any bobblehead. bobblehead. If you, yeah, if you're listening and you want to send something to the post game, just just send it to Shine. They'll find it. Nah, they'll find their send way it to one of us. <laughs> if, 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 you need to, if you need to figure out where to send it, fi- uh, at me on Twitter, DM me or, or yeah. Charlie or Ryan. I mean, odds are that this is all our family members listening right now. So That's true. They That's know true. We but we do want a Sister Jean bobblehead and a Big Baby Davis bobblehead. Yes. Maybe even a Dwight Schrute bobblehead from the office if cool. you're feeling generous. But uh, let, let's just move on to the MLB. Um, Shahei Otani, let's talk oh, about man. him for a minute on the Angels. Not only has he been lighting it up at the plate, uh, hitting a home run in his first Major League game. Seven but, shutout innings but, last but, night. Yeah, in his second Almost Major League game. start, he was perfect through six innings and went seven shutting out. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, we talked about it before the year started, and, and I, I mean, I didn't expect him to be good at all. We were all so low on low him. On him. I, remember, I remember it was probably... Just about a month ago, yeah. when we were discussing our preseason MLB uh, picks and yeah. predictions, buy or and, sell, and, and one of, one of our buy or sell topics was Shohei Otani coming to the major leagues from Japan and performing like they were like they were advertising him as the next Babe Ruth. And, and, and so far throughout the he's season, done it. he's he's been doing it. Yeah, I mean, we had mentioned, I mean, that he was going to be a little bit slow to progress and, and catch his stride, especially after what we saw in the preseason, right? And we had. We had discussed that maybe they were going to have to work him up um, as a pitcher or as a hitter and then get him back into the groove of whichever one they weren't doing at first. But no, I mean, the second the regular season started, he just came alive and has been incredible. Nothing short of incredible. I mean, numbers half half of what he's doing, uh, you know, three-fourths of what he's doing would win him an MVP. Yeah, I mean, if you think about about it this way, right? Shea Tani has as many home runs as Aaron Judge. Yep. And has more strikeouts than Max Scherzer. Wow! In two in two weeks, it's a weapon a and a half. I mean, granted, it's a short, oh, of course, short, short time frame. But oh, but I'm sorry, he has more home runs than Aaron Judge. Yep, that's what that's what we said. Yeah, I said I said oh, as oh. many. Wow! I forgot he has more. Yeah, Judge has two. He has three. So he has more home runs than la- than than Aaron Judge, who had a breakout season last year, and has Considered more strikeouts. The best slugger in the league. Yeah, him or Stan. Right, and then. Max Scherzer, who's arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best behind Kershaw, he has more strikeouts than him. I mean, this is this is that's why I'm saying if he sustains even a a fraction of what he's doing right now for the course of the season, it's it's an MVP lock almost. Oh yeah, I mean if you're if you're hitting if you're hitting 25 home runs, batting 280, and throwing with a 320 330 ERA and getting 12 wins, that's MVP. you can't not give him yeah. the MVP. Right, the, the so, production is unrivaled. His, yeah. his, his uh, wins above replacement is already above one yeah. at this short of the season. That's crazy. So let's think about the Los Angeles Angels for a minute. So Shohei Otani is, is obviously a weapon and, and a half, right? 
And they have Mike Trout as well on their team. Yeah, somehow that's not like even the focus when we talk right. about the, the Angels right now. That's 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 a testament to how the, incredible this is. Right, been. the best player in baseball, arguably uh, in the last ten or fifteen years, and and we're not even talking about him as the best player on their team. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. I mean, he, I mean he's, he's he's hitting okay right now. He did he's doing all right, but I mean. By the end of the year, he's going to be unbelievable, and he's not even a topic, which is crazy to think that Shahei Atani would get more attention than Mike Trout. Right, so 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 the Angels are 7-3. and three. Unfortunately for them, they are in a division with the Houston Astros. Yeah, uh, that's who, a wild card. <laughs> and and so, so it looks to me like the Angels are going to probably be competing for a wild card spot. Um, but we've seen wild card teams do Damn right. I, I was just going to say 2015. Uh, right. I was just going to say the Mets in 2015 pulled it off went went to the World Series. But but let's talk about the Mets for a minute. Uh they had a big weekend this weekend, Charlie. Yeah, I mean they swept the Nationals and I don't think anyone really saw it coming. I mean, DeGrom looked great on the mound. He had a bases he had a bases loaded no out jam and got out of it without giving up a single run. And it just seemed like the Mets just even with Bryce Harper hitting multiple home runs, the Mets just their offense is clicking. They're putting up runs. Their their bullpen looks great, and that's something that never happened before. I mean, this this Mets team looks as legit as it gets, and it's it's it's. I mean, as long as the injuries don't pile up, right? It looks like they're a comp- they're going to be a competition for the Nats, and Nats are under five hundred. And so. and this Nats team looks like the postseason Nats at the start of the regular season. Yeah, bases loaded, no outs, and you can't bring anyone in is like quintessential postseason Nationals. Yeah, well, that's classic natitude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it's a sweep, and the, I mean the Braves are six and three, and the Nats are four and five. I mean this. Is... Well, the Mets the Mets have the best have the best winning percentage so far this season in the National League. Yeah, seven and one. The only only team with one loss. And also in the NL, Dodgers are really disappointing so far. Yeah, why, why don't you speak a little bit? Yeah, I know they're your hometown, boys. What's going on with the Dodgers? It's hard to tell. Their offense has been horribly inconsistent. Uh, Kenley Jansen has looked incredibly human uh, when he's when he's shown up at the plate. And they just haven't really put it together. Yeah. They've been losing. In extra innings, they've been losing. So it's, they've been blowing leads that, like they did to the Diamondbacks. Uh, Four-run or three-run lead, and then they lost in extras. They just haven't been able to put things together, and and I think I said it last week. I mean, this team can start slow; it's not a big deal. But they're starting very slow, and they don't want to just because they can. This is as sluggish as they could they could start the year. Yeah, and I and I think what's also interesting is just I mean, in, in Kershaw's mul- like multiple starts, they haven't done too hot to back up their ace. And and you need when you're when Clayton Kershaw gets on the mound, every game needs to be a win with him. It's right. Been, and, right. If you can't win those games, what are yeah. you going to win? I mean, he, he threw in, he, he had a great game last night, and they had to win in extras. And it's just it's it, they they don't look good right now. But I mean, it's the Dodgers. Their offense is is good. They just it'll need click. To figure it it'll out. Yeah. It, it'll click for them. It takes some time. I mean, it, it's it's the similar situation. Uh, I know you guys both gotten your little bits about your hometown team, so I'm gonna take the spotlight <laughs> a little bit and talk about the Orioles for just a minute. Uh, they started the season 1-5, and five, uh, looking like a repeat of prior to 2012 when they were just absolutely abysmal for 14 straight years, couldn't even make it to the playoffs, couldn't even think about coming close to the playoffs. But they went into New York and took three out of four games, including an, an extra inning, unbelievable win uh, with, with a Pedro Alvarez grand salami. Um, so I, I just think I think for the Orioles, you need to support your starting pitching uh, li- like we're, we were talking about the Dodgers with Kershaw. Dylan Bundy, their, their best starter, their number one guy, has gone 14 innings and given up one earned run and still hasn't picked up a win. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's bad. I mean, the pit, the hitting is not coming around for a lot of teams right now. And I mean, it's early in the season, and and it'll come as it goes. But I mean, talking about bad hitting and the Orioles taking three of four from the Yankees, Giancarlo Stan made history already, going over five with five strikeouts again. That yeah. I mean, this this I mean, listen, we we talked about it. If, if if the if other teams can shut down. They're the Aaron Judges and the Giancarlo Stans in the Yankee lineup. And Gary Sanchez. And yeah, I mean, they've they've done a good job at mowing them down, especially the Orioles. They focused in, they honed in, they beat yep. them. And once you beat them, the Yankees aren't a real threat. I mean, the, you, you stop their two big bats, and all of a sudden they're 5-5, five and, five and, and the Red Sox look real good, and maybe it's not an AL East victory for them. Right. I mean, well, the Yankees, the thing about it is past their, their first two starters, it's, they, they really don't have much support. Uh, in terms of starting pitching, and and their their relief uh, hasn't proven at least so far this season to to have what it takes to get it done in the postseason. So watch out for for the Yankees being one of those teams that people thought were a lock coming out of the AL East, at least with a wild card, uh, to to maybe not have sustained success throughout the season. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I mean, only time will tell, obviously, and and we'll see how. I mean, the injury bug has already hit their outfield, the Yankees. So I guess we'll see about that. Um, but I mean, it's an interesting couple of weeks of baseball. I mean, the Pirates are leading the Central. That's yeah. that's a surprise. The Cubs are only five and four. The first few weeks of the MLB season are always, always surprising. Wacky. Always. Yeah. I mean, you get teams that jump out to huge leads in their division, only to slowly crumble as the season right. draws on, and and it, it all irons itself. Out. To how the, it's supposed the, to be. the Indians are four and five. I mean, some of these teams that you know were World Series favorites, like I thought the Indians would have made a deep run, and they end up losing the Yankees. They're four and five, and. It's right. interesting to see, but I mean, the worst team in the uh, in the East is the Rays, and I mean, in the AL East is the Rays, and all together in baseball. And I don't think we're all surprised by that. We're one. definitely <laughs> not so. surprised by that. Yes, uh, but but let's let's keep moving here and, and head into our favorite segment. Oh baby, uh, and that would be the betting table. Oh, and I wanted to say real quick, this is our our favorite segment because Charlie and I like it a lot. Uh, but if we were just doing individuals' favorite segments, then Thick Boy rankings. Yeah, would, you'd would win Thick Boy. <laughs> okay. So, so this All right. is still ours, but not Well, AJ's. no, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I actually like it more than Charlie because I'm currently ahead of him in the standings. Uh-huh. I'm 16 and 14. Charlie's 15 and 15. Unfortunately, Mr. Tab is 18 and it's 12. He's cheating. And he's, he's paying I, off I the players. I think I think you must, you must have that book from Back to the Future 2 that Biff... Uh, went back and gave himself to make him a millionaire and, and win every sports bet in the in the century. That that six and three week um, during the Sweet Sixteen, yeah, was, that was huge for me. That was that was huge. Well, you for started you. off really really good. You went two and one, two and one, three and zero. Oh. Like yeah, that, that and that was when I went I went zero oh and three the first week. So that that was my right, downfall. That, all right. Well, well. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. There's uh. You guys there's keep plenty me to of pick weeks left games. in the semester <laughs> while we're still on campus, uh, giving you like episodes of the post game. Uh, for 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 this semester at least, we have four, just about four we'll episodes be back left. In the fall. Yeah, we'll be back in the fall. But for now, uh, let's go go ahead and get on to week eight of the betting table. Brewers at the Cardinals. This is a full series. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Brewers here. Um, honestly, not much to say about it. Um, except for the fact that I love the Brewers' offense, and I think that they are going to just out-hit the Cardinals through and through. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the Cardinals already took two or three from the Brewers. I think it's the Brewers that come back with revenge after dropping three or four to the Cubs, and I think they're going to take it home too. I mean, Wainwright's on the mound game three. Uh, I think that you know this this team is too inconsistent to 
the, the, the Cardinals team is too inconsistent, and the Brewers are very underrated, and every year I feel like teams don't understand how much power they actually have on offense, so I'm going Brewers too. Bruins, the Bruins, the, I'm so, it's so subconscious at this point it comes to UCLA every single time. <laughs> the, uh, the Brewers have been sliding, like you said, in that last series against the Cubs, um, and also because we just can't all pick the same thing. I'm going with the Cardinals. Well, um, we can, but that would be we boring, We can, but it would be it? boring, right? I mean, because then it, it doesn't change the standings at all, right? So now this week, either you two are going to move up with a win or I'm going to move up, and, and, and that's way and, better than and, all and of us. With our luck, you're going to win with, with the yeah. Cardinals. Although with baseball, I've not been so fortunate. Yeah, I'm 2-0. and oh. And I believe I'm 0-2. Yeah. I was, Mets beat the Cardinals, and then the D-backs swept the Dodgers. Yeah, and I, so I had Cardinals and Dodgers. So with baseball, who knows? Yeah, always bet against the Cardinals. That's my way. All right, so why don't we go to something that we're all pretty uh, familiar with, and that's heading back to the National Basketball Association. Uh, the Bucks are playing the 76ers this week. Um, Ryan, who do, you got, who do you got? I got the Sixers. Um are they going to have Embiid back for the game? I just realized I didn't even I didn't even process that I don't when, when I think so. If he's not back, do I have time to switch my pick? Is it locked yeah, in yeah, yet? No. Uh, yeah, it's, you can switch. It, it's easily switchable. Not locked in. Okay, but you have five seconds. Okay, though. bucks. Five, it is four, without three, Embiid. It's two, bucks. Two, one. Okay, right, bucks, bucks. Bucks for Ryan. Uh, I now, did. Now, I, it, now with, Embiid's going to come back. He's going <laughs> to he's going to come back, and they're going to win, and then you're going to take a loss. All right, and that's exactly <laughs> why I'm going to pick the 76ers. Embiid will be back. Mark my words. They're going to. Pick up the dub against the Bucks, and yeah, I'm I'm going with the Sixers. Yeah, I'm going Bucks. Um, the Sixers are the hottest team in basketball right now, and it's the last game of the season when they play the Bucks. And I think the Bucks end their streak, and it's kind of like a a nice little win for the Bucks, especially uh, competing for that end of the Eastern Conference playoff spot, getting the seeds. I'm going Bucks. I think they're gonna end the streak. It's got to come to an end at some point. I guess got to come to an end at some point, but I'll, I'll tell you right now, 76ers all the way, baby. But let's head on to matchup number three, the third and final matchup of this week's edition of the betting table here on the post came on WERW. That would be the Denver Nuggets at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves are home against the Nuggets in also the last game of this series or the last game of the season. And the reason I'm going with the hometown team is because the Timberwolves are going to need a win. They're tied right now. They have, they have the eighth seed over the Nuggets, but the Nuggets and them have the same exact record. And it, I think it'll all come down to this win or lose and not make the playoffs. And in front of your home crowd, you're not losing that game. I'm going the Minnesota Timberwolves. Book it. Ah, see, I'm taking the Nuggets, and for a very interesting reason. Now, I, I agree with you that the, that the Timberwolves have a leg up in that regard. Um, and I have sort of the same logic for the Nuggets, saying they're outside, they're on the outside looking in, win the game, and you're in, lose, and you stay out. Yeah. Um, but for me, the Nuggets get to leave altitude with those strong lungs and go play a team where all the starters play huge minutes every single night. And I think the fourth quarter, the game might get away from the Timberwolves just based on conditioning. Not that I mean they're all athletes, but there's a certain point where you can't play 47 minutes a night. You know, you just can't do it. And the Nuggets are going to have a, a a physical advantage coming down from altitude. Um, and with all that in the line, I, I kind of like the Nuggets to win. See, we, we're talking a lot about altitude here. But in all honesty, I think that that constitutes as a disadvantage. Does it now? Not for any particular reason, but that's just what I think. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, I'm going with the Timberwolves. And uh, I, I think that the Thibodeau's Timber Bulls are going to pick up this win uh, at home. You know, the Nuggets... 
they're, they're kind of a shaky team. They're on the eighth seed in the in the West. Yeah, they have more to play for technically than than the Wolves, but I just think they're a more talented team. And no, I, I agree. I mean, the Warriors, the, the Wolves are more talented. Yeah, I, I, they're they're definitely a more talented team. So let's just run through the picks real quick. Uh, Brewers, Cardinals. I picked the Brewers. Charlie picked the Brewers, uh, and Ryan picked the Cardinals. Bucks, 76ers. I picked the Sixers, and we um, both picked the and, Bucks. And both of you guys picked the Bucks. And then lastly, Nuggets at Timberwolves. I picked the Timberwolves. I Charlie picked, Timberwolves. picked the Timberwolves. And Ryan picked the Nuggets. Do you know what's interesting? You missed. You actually missed last week, and uh, you I missed did. my dad. I, I did. You missed my dad. He was in the studio. He he came on for the last twenty minutes. Really? I gotta be honest. We had three people on the show, and, and think, it was the best three people yeah. we've ever had on the show. So I think you gotta go. So wow. uh, this is this is AJ Gersh's last show. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is breaking news. Uh, this will be my last show here on the post game. Apparently, um, yeah, Steve Distorko is coming up three and a half hours I'm every being, single Monday. Right, I, I'm being replaced over. by Charlie's dad uh, <laughs> next week when when Mr. Distorko will be the host. Uh, you won't be catching me, but but here on W. W-E-R-W. Before we sign off, one thing. I'm sorry. I got to interject it. Let's, I really didn't want to cut you off. Your host didn't do your thing, but I had an idea. We okay. have the betting table. We're keeping track of all this for some reason. Yeah. Right? To ta- I mean, it's not just, it shouldn't for, just be for no Are we going to put down money? Are we, no, are we no, gonna, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not suggesting we put down money because, because I would never condone How about illegal betting. Or dinner, although I do like food. And of course, I'm winning right now, so I understand if you guys are opposed to this. We've been talking about a bobblehead all along. Winners wow. should get a bobblehead. Wow. Loser should buy a winner the bobblehead that we've been talking about. I should get a sister well, so, or whoever. So wins. so well, so sister Jean bobbleheads I, are fifty bucks. My I, dad was gonna buy one for us actually. Okay. And he was like, it's way too much. Maybe not sister so Jean here, then. Here here's the deal. I, I I'll do that. I'll do that. But we we got to start it this week. We got to start yeah, it this. So week. we're all for this the last week, oh. for the last month. We'll keep track of that individually. One, two, three, four. We have five shows left. Five shows left here the post game so on WERW. So we have a long-running record that doesn't actually count for the bobblehead. Um, as far as the bobblehead race is concerned, we're all 0-0 right now. Is yeah. that what you're right. saying? That, well, so, yes. so winner okay. gets bragging. How about, how about this? Winner gets bragging rights and a dinner. Well, okay. one of us will treat, two of us will treat the winner to the dinner of the whole thing. And then the winner of the last five weeks gets a bobblehead of their choice. Or Big Baby Davis bobblehead. <laughs> a bobblehead of their choice sounds good to bobblehead me. of their choice within reasonable price. Within, yeah, within the uh, the zero to I would say forty dollar price range. Yeah, then. that that would be fine with me. But uh, I like that idea. Some some good ideas formulated here on the post game basement of Shine Student Center and Jabberwocky Cafe. This is the post game on WERW. We'll see you all next week. See you next week.